Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. Well, church, I feel like preaching today. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I preached at a traditional black church the other day. And you know what? It was so much fun. I forgot. So, you know, here I got... I got to say something important. I got to, it's got to be good to get a response. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, snaps, two snaps up. That's so good. Mm. There, they, they, you know, it don't matter. It, it can be okay. They like, mm, that's because they, they're celebrating Jesus. They're not even celebrating what I'm saying. Huh? So I feel like preaching today. I, want, I wonder if you would, if you would say this with me. Say, I am a warrior. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor, and you tell them, you are a warrior. And then, let's remind ourselves, we are warriors. Earth is a battleground. It is a battleground. Now, you know that on some level that there is a battleground because there's things you want to see, and you know you have to fight for them. You know that for your career, for finances, for networking, for all these different things, even for your body, you know that you need to fight in order to see certain things happen. So already, intrinsically, we believe in a earthly, human, natural good, and we believe in an earthly, human, natural evil. But this series is not to remind you that there's good and evil in this world. You know that already. This series is about helping you have a greater awareness of a supernatural good and a supernatural evil. And if you have not become aware of the depth of evil in this world and that there is another dimension of evil, then you will live the Christian life in naivety. Christianity is a fight. Knowing Jesus is a fight. Every inch of our walk with God is a fight. And we are in a war. And this war constitutes us living as if we have an enemy. If you believe you are in full charge of your life and that there are no other powers at work, you again will be naive. Many people will believe in God, but they won't believe that there's a devil. They'll believe in, they'll pray to God, but they will not understand the depth of their enemy the intensity of their enemy, the hatred that their enemy has. So what they do is they act as if everything has temporal, manageable roots. That what what we'll do, see, this is not a problem 
I, when, when I preached in Africa, Uganda and Kenya, I didn't have to tell them about They were telling me about supernatural stuff. Africa, Asia, all types of the parts of the world. This is not a question. But in the Western world, we tend to question the depth of evil because we have the presumption that we're living in light. Now, the reality is that the church has come to a place where we have to act as if evil is real and that there's a supernatural evil behind even some of the sickness and the depression that we have because the medicine can be helpful, but that's not the root causality of all things. There is a deeper root behind some of the addictions that we have, the health crisis that we have. And if you never pray like that, you'll never see healing like that. So, so what we have to ask ourselves, are we, oh, this is an amen here today. I feel an amen in this place. I should do that every Sunday. You know, I went to a black church. <laughs> Folks put on a black today. It was like, oh, okay, what well, are we going? <laughs> black, then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hadn't even said nothing yet. All right, so do you believe? You have to believe. Listen, there is another dimension. You have to be aware that there is another dimension, that there are levels, levels of authority. Now, you know that already on a human level. You have a friend. You may not be that friend. You have a friend. <laughs> you have a friend that when you go out to eat and you didn't get what you want, you want to talk to the manager. Anybody, anybody like that? You may not be that friend, but you know there's, there's always like, you're not, like I'm not that friend, but I got a friend. Like I'm like, I didn't like this. They're like, take it back. I'm like, nah, I don't want They're like, I got you. I got you. Hey, 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 hey. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. Right? So, so, so what happens is I want to, I want to talk to the, the waiter or the waitress. And they say, well, you know, and, and, then they, and, then, and then, you know, they give you a little attitude and they're like, oh, let me speak to the manager. Because you go, what do you do? You go up a level, right? When, I, when, I, when there's a situation that I'm in and I'm not seeing change, so I know I have to go up a level, right? And so we do that. We say, can I speak to the manager? Okay, I can't speak to the manager. Can I speak to the owner? Oh, I, the owner's not giving me what I want. Well, let me talk to my lawyer because I need to talk to a judge. Well, let me, oh, well, it's not working in this district. Well, let me go to the Supreme Court. But we know that there are levels, right? We already understand that there are human levels of authority, so what I'm trying to get you to buy in is that there are supernatural levels of authority and that if you do not engage those supernatural levels of authority, you will not see change in your situation. When we begin to live aware of an enemy and the authority by which the enemy has and the authority by which we have, then we will act as if we are in a war and we will pray like we are in a war. Everybody, even, even people who don't attend church, everybody prays to some degree, right? Some, on some level, people want more. I've never had a, a friend of mine 
Uh, you know, I, I have friends who are atheists and agnostic, and if I say, can I pray for you, they go, I'll give it a shot, right? They're, nobody's against prayer. But many of us pray, and we pray because we believe God is our Father. So what we do is we pray, and we ask for things from a Father. But because we are not aware of an enemy, we pray like we have a Father, but we don't pray like we have an enemy, so we don't have wartime prayers. We don't have prayers that are ready to understand that there is an enemy that has a mission statement. And his mission statement is to steal, kill, and destroy you. That is his mission. And you have to be aware that all things that are happening, whether it's temptation, whether it is trial, it is to destroy your walk with God and to destroy your life altogether. You've got to be aware of that. To believe in God and to not believe in the devil is to live in naivety. If you do not care to know more about the devil and, and demons, now, now don't get me wrong, some of you went to a church where you heard that all the time and you're like freaked out about it, right? You're just like, I can't, don't tell me about demons and devils and I just heard that all my life growing up and I'm kind of afraid of that now. Just because a community overemphasized something doesn't mean it's not real. It just means it was overemphasized. This is one area where we tend to overemphasize it or underemphasize it. No matter the depth of emphasis, it's still real. And we have to live in an awareness of its depth. Now, you may not be interested in knowing more about the devil, but the devil is interested in knowing more about you. Okay? Because the Bible says Satan prowls around us. He, he walks around and he's seeking who he can devour. And that would be one who is naive. Now, Satan has methods, the Bible tells us, but we have weapons. Okay? Satan has methods and we have weapons. And those weapons are given to us as a means of spiritually engaging in a battle. And this battle... The Bible will talk about, um, we'll look later in this series, um, we'll talk about a belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. And we're going to go through those throughout this series. But the beginning of this series is dealing with Satan's schemes. That's, that's, the, that's what we're going to cover today. And there's an awareness that we need to have of Satan's schemes. When I first moved here, we were getting an apartment, and we were naive of Brooklyn, so we didn't know what neighborhoods to move to and what neighborhoods not to. So we found this one apartment, loved it, really nice. Backyard, beautiful, really nice. And then Emmy and Rich... Some of our dear friends, in fact, the only friends we had at the time in the city, they're dear friends, our only friends at the time, uh, but we're still friends, praise God. Um, they said, um, you like it? I said, yeah, I like it. They said, you really like it? I said, yeah, I really like it. They said, well, then go at night. I said, what do you mean? They said, drive around at night because it's... You see, the life that you're living is not going to just be in the light. It's going to be in the dark, too. 
And see, if you don't know what happens at night, you won't be aware of what's really you're living in. And some of us like light Christianity, but not the dark side of knowing that this is what we're living in. We're living in a world where we have an enemy and we have to be aware of that. And, and what we can functionally say is that th- this wartime mentality that we're in, I want to be clear. When you start living a life where you're trying to advance the kingdom of God, and God's agenda, and you're trying to live obedient, you are what we could call a combat Christian. You are in war because you are advancing God's agenda, and now Satan sees you as a problem. But there are combat Christians, and then there are complacent Christians. And someone who is complacent is unbothered by defeat who does not see a victorious Christian life as something to fight for or God's name, God's fame, God's agenda as something to war for. So they will quietly live in defeat, not to say that Satan doesn't bother them at all, but you're just not a problem because God's enemy is the devil and the devil wants to fight anything that's advancing God's name. And if that's not your interest, then you become unbothered by him, and you're not really a problem. God has set you up to be a problem for the devil. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, we're just dealing with that verse today, but that last part there is what I want to hang out on, the schemes of the devil, all right? Now, that word in the Greek is the word methodia. We get methodology or method or strategies, And what that tells us is that Satan has a strategy, and he has a strategy for you. Now, if you were Satan, how would you defeat you? What would be your plan of attack? Um, So we have to understand that Satan, what he does, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Um, the latter part of it, tempting Eve. He says, did God really say? So immediately you see that the evil one is getting Eve to question the word of God, to see is the word of God true to what he said. And this slow temptation against the authoritative word of God is how we tend to wander away from living lives of obedience. And the Bible says that this moment here gives us a picture of Satan's persona, questioning God's authority, questioning the word. Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, he says, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Now let's go to the classroom a little bit, church. We do a little demonology. Amen. Amen. (laughs) 
All right, I won't, I won't, uh, we won't put all the verses up there, but for my note takers, all three of you, amen. Um, I'm joking, I'm joking, but I'm not. Um, Isaiah 14, Isaiah 14, 14 through 15. Isaiah 14, 14 through 15. There you get this language of, it, it, it starts talking about a king, a proud king, but then it goes into this language that many scholars would say is the language of the evil one. And we understand this evil being through other verses in Ezekiel that, that tell us this being is this angelic being that was able to create incredible sounds of music, and yet they became proud. And, it, and, and one, of the, the, one of the languages or one of the statements that this being says in Isaiah 14 is that I would be like the most high, that I will raise myself up to the stars, he says. Second Peter 2, 4 says, in light of the devil's pride, he was casted down from heaven. So he is an angelic being that is casted down from heaven. 2 Peter 2, 4 tells us that this then had a bunch of angels that he brought with him down. So what we then know is Satan and the demonic realm are angelic beings that oppose the work of God. Now, I do... Um, want to make note that the core beginning of rebellion of Satan was pride. The core beginning of Satan's rebellion was pride. And so one of the things that you should always keep in check is your pride. And whenever I see pride in someone, it's not so much that they are proud. They just don't realize where pride stems from. The first proud being was the devil. And when we act proud, we're singing the devil's song. We're echoes of, demonic, of the demonic realm when we live in pride, when we reject authority, when we fight all the time. The devil was the first one. He was the first one to rebel. The Bible says in Jude 6, 1 and 6, it, it, it says, and the angels who did not keep their own position but abandoned their proper dwelling. It says, he kept them in eternal chains. All right, so again, this is talking about the demonic realm. So Satan is the head of demons. And he, he is the enemy of the Lord. And if we were to look in the book of Job, we see that Satan engages the Lord and seeks whom he can tempt. And God gives permission as who he could tempt. So understand this. A lot of times, they, you know, we, when we talk about God and the devil, we act like it's Apollo Creed versus Rocky, like, you know, like God and the devil are like in the ring and we're going to see who wins. No, the devil is on a leash, okay? God is in control and the devil can only tempt as to which God allows to do such. And so God is allowing you to be tempted and in trials for your victory where he intends it, he being the devil, means it for your destruction. All right. Now, um, this all right? Classroom, amen, amen. Thank you, church. Bridge, tabernacle, thank you. 
The name of Satan is a Hebrew word that means adversary, all right? So, that, so, so this, his very name means to come against you, but moreover, to come against the glory of God. Satan and demons oppose and attempt to destroy every work of God. Now, you, if you, now you got to understand that. Here, God, devil, devil, devil's in. The devil is not as much interested in you. He is interested in getting you away from doing God and godly things. And he'll use anything. Woo! He'll use anything. You know, when I'm, when I'm preparing a message, the devil would, I could, I could be, I could do social media. I could play with lights. I could look at some, I could just, just wander off. Anything. The devil just wants not, he, it's not about, he just wants to distract you, to get you, to get away. You, you know, there have been times, I know I'm alone in this. I'm going to just sit down for this, right? I know I'm alone. I'm alone in this, right? So y'all don't say amen. Don't say amen. Cause I know this never happened to you. There have been times I've been praying for people I'm mad at, right? And I've been like, you know, Bobby, man, Bobby, oh, Lord, would you just bless Bobby because, and you know, and I can't believe they did that. (laughs) And who do they think, you know, well, and then I start having a conversation with, well, you know what? The next time you do that, because you don't really want to know the real me. I'm praying now. Now I'm I'm praying. I'm trying to pray, and I start having an argument with these people, and I've never lost an argument. I'm like a thousand and O in those arguments. Don't say, man. I know you ain't never done that. So we so we have to understand that Satan will distract you. So that you, that's, you're like, oh man, I just, I can't get up to get in my word because I'm tired. No, that's not the only part. You know, it's just, it seems like I was, try, I was trying to get to church and all these things happen. All these things happen. These things happen to derail your walk with God. I can, I can count. I can count. I mean, every time, every time we baptize somebody, I'm praying for them. Because again, the minute you become interested in God, Satan becomes interested in you. And it's, it's best to attack you in the incubator stage. Or when you're trying to develop that new habit for God, that's when you get attacked the most. I'm going to pray every day. And that's when the attack happens the most. You know what? I'm just going to be obedient in that area. And you're going to get, you know, you know what? I'm going to be celibate. I'm just, my body, God, my body. My body, God. Your body, God. Right? You're just like, yo, I'm going to give it to God. I, no more sheets. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then, that dude you've been looking at, Starts to say, you look good today. And you're like, oh, my God. (laughs) The more that you understand that there is an enemy, the things you've been called coincidence is really a conspiracy, okay? The things that you just say, I don't know why that keeps happening. 
there is a well-constructed conspiracy to get you from loving God. John 8, 44. Jesus says, now we should pay attention to what Jesus says about the devil, right? Jesus says when he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he's a liar and the father of lies. Now, that's a very deep statement. You know, the father of lies? Ain't no, ain't no better liar than him. Now, again, saints, let me sit back in my chair. Because I know you've never done this. Those who have told a lie, and I know many of you don't lie. But I'm just saying, those of you that have, when you told your lie, you wanted to make it good, didn't you? Huh? Yeah? So what you did was you put a whole lot of truth in it, didn't you? Because so you can remember it, you know? So you just, you put in like 80% facts, but 20% lie because a good lie is filled with a whole lot of truth. And the father of lies, when lying in his native tongue, the, the Bible talks about in the book of James that there's a demonic wisdom. You know what? You know what? You know what? Don't, you know what? Don't go talk to them. They're trying to hate on you. Don't go talk to them. So don't be reconciled. Don't obey what the word of God says. You know, just, you have, you have friends that give you advice that feels good, sounds good, and it is from the devil. It is as demonic as someone with the red horns, and it's just as demonic, but it sounds good, it feels good, sounds right. So we have to understand 2 Corinthians 11, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, core understanding of spiritual warfare. Because y'all gonna walk out of here like, okay, I'm ready to fight the devil, you know what I'm saying? Come on, devil. Come on, I'm going to pray, devil. I'm going to pray, right? And you don't understand that what's going to distract you from God is probably a good opportunity. It's probably going to be a good thing, but it's going to be a good thing that's going to take you away from God. It's going to be a good thing. It's going to be more opportunity. It's going to be a good friend. And you, you are going to have to make a decision. Is this from God? Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. He disguises himself as wisdom and insight. And it is our job to understand the devil's schemes. Matthew 16 and 23. Now, this sounds good. Peter's like, Jesus, don't go on the cross, man. You nails and blood, don't do that. You Jesus, don't, don't do that, man. Do something different. Jesus' response, that was my version of the Bible. Jesus' response, Jesus' response, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me because you're not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. Jesus saw right through what sounded like good wisdom, and he saw the demonic realm. He saw Satan's agenda, and it sounded like a good thing to avoid the cross, but it would have destroyed God's plan of salvation. 
And when we are doing the work of God, you are oftentimes getting good advice, good friends. And I'm not just talking about, you know, your friends that are in the clubs. I'm talking about Christians a lot of times. I could even be talking about your parents. I'm saying that if it opposes the word of God, then it opposes God himself. And you and the discerning Christian, the one that can discern the spirit of God, is aware that anything that is raising itself up against God needs to be casted down. And Jesus shows us this. He says, that, that sounds like good advice, Peter, but behind your advice is the demonic realm. So don't, 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 don't do this. Like, this is not, don't apply this. Like, get behind me, boss, Satan. I ain't, you want me to work overtime? I'm going to city group. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. This was a model and example. But I'm saying if you don't understand the story behind the story, you'll really not understand warfare. It is anything that's raising itself up. Some other practical dynamics of Satan's schemes. Okay? Y'all ready? This is, you can take notes on this too. It's good. Okay? Satan gets you to look at short-term pleasure, but he hides the long-term misery. Okay? Satan gets you to look at short-term pleasure, but he hides the long-term misery. Anybody fish? Anybody fish? I don't fish. I went fishing once in Mississippi at 2 o'clock. The sun was like right here. I was like, this is not my calling. <laughs> but my cousins, my cousins taught me how to fish. And they said, they showed me how to put the worm on the hook. And they, they were like, yeah, just don't put it all the, just, and what, what they were, show, but basically what they were showing was you got to show them the bait so that the hook can get in them. And so that you can reel them in. And what Satan does is he shows us the bait, but he hides the hook. And this is what idolatry essentially is. The Bible will say in 1 Corinthians 10 that behind every idol is a demon. Now, you got to understand, on some level, we could talk about uh, witchcraft and we could talk about some of the darker realms, like if you're hanging out and doing tarot cards and Ouija boards, you just, you just basically saying, can I talk to the devil? Like, that's just, that's just open. I don't know if I need to preach on that, but you just basically like, I'd like to invite the devil into my life. <laughs> but, but, but I'm saying idolatry is anything that is giving you a sense, it's, giving, it's, it's a longing for affection that are robbing your affections of God. This is why he says you can't love God and money because he says you'll either love one and hate the other, right? So it's, 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 it's something that will subtract from the love of God, right? And, and, and so this is why we, several months back, we had a freedom night where we were talking about this in depth. When, when pornography comes into your life, and you begin to consistently walk with porn, right? And you, and you keep it in the dark. You have no one you're confessing to. It's, you're hooked. It's hooking you. 
And so those addictions are connected to a darker realm. The demonic realm is behind all forms of evil. You are either submitting your life to the glory of God and the light of God, or you are allowing yourself to be distracted and pulled by the darkness of demons and the demonic realm. Behind all evil is the demonic realm. And you have to allow yourself to know that, yes, this is dark, but in order to cancel the assignment of the enemy over your life, you know, we talked about this last time. My wife, she's not here, so I can say what I want to say. You know what I'm saying? Um, my wife, I'm going to sit down again. Um, my wife, she... Um, she Oh, she got like 70,000 emails. You know, she has all these emails, right? But she don't really have a lot of emails. She has a lot of subscriptions. Because it was a deal. It was a deal. You know, Bed Bath & Beyond, they're like, you want to get this deal? Okay, da 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 And then it's like, check check all that, right? right. And all of a sudden, you're getting all these Bed Bath & Beyond emails. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Now they like stalking you. <clears throat> Not that we don't do that. Amen. <laughs> But you got all these emails, but they always give you an opportunity to unsubscribe, to cancel your subscription, right? And the demonic realm, when you bring, when you live as a child of light, you are canceling the assignment of the enemy, even if he shows back up tomorrow. See, this is what gets people caught up. They think, why confess if I'm going to do it again? Because you need to fight for the light. You need to fight to walk in the light. So, yes, confess again. And yet, you know what? It's going to be humbling. You're going to need to find a friend that you can say, yep, I did it again, and I need to stop. And you need someone to pray over you because the Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 6, confess your sins one to another. And he doesn't stop there. He says, and pray for one another, right? So you need a friend that is going to shine the light of the gospel over your sin. And you, and you yes, you canceled, you subscribe the next day, well then cancel again the next day and, and confess again because you need the light of the gospel. You need the light of Jesus shining over that area and not the darkness. And some of us are living in darkness, living in defeat, living quietly, and we are living quietly, and we are not fulfilling God's plan for our life, not the full expression of it. God would have us to live victorious Christian lives. That was all for free. I didn't, I didn't mean it. That was... But you got to cancel the work of the enemy in your life. got to cancel the work of the enemy in your life. And it will lead to long-term misery. I could preach on that all day, but I got to go. What the other thing the enemy will do is he'll cause us to rationalize sin as a virtue. I'm not angry. I'm passionate. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a passionate person. I just grew up like I woke up like this. So I'm not, I'm not a nosy person. I'm just interested in what other people are doing. I'm not drunk. I'm not a drunk. I'm a socialite, right? Oh, I'm not greedy. I'm just thrifty, right? 
So, so he'll begin to make you think that sin is helpful. And lastly, Satan wants you to look, then he wants you to linger, and then he finally wants you to live in sin. Right? He wants you to get real interested in sin, wants you to hang around it, and then he wants you to walk in sin. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, this is definitely not the full expression of all the schemes of Satan. But these are some bigger areas that you have got to start fighting against. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 27. Let's read this together because it's going to be really good for us. Ready? And go. Be angry and do not sin. Oh, see, you know what? Many of us only read the first part. It says, <coughs> it says, oh, thank you. the devil. <laughs> Yo, my mom, she was straight up like that. We'd be talking about the Lord and the phone would ring. She'd be like, the devil's busy. <laughs> All right. Be angry. <laughs> be angry. And do not sin. So the first part of that tells us that anger in and of itself is not sinful, right? So that's what it says, be angry. And he parses it and says, don't sin. But he tells us the problem. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because the sun, when it goes down, it's nighttime, right? It's dark. And what it's really getting at is this element of persistence, a pattern, a time reality. And this time-centered reality means that you could start off with anger. you upset because somebody said it, did it, whatever. And now you're really upset. <clears throat> but now it's lingering. You start to tell people, you know, I can't believe they said that. And you get your friends, you know, see, you, know, you got some godly friends that'll tell you, well, go talk to them. Then you got other friends that'll be like, and then what? You know what I'm saying? Those friends. <laughs> so you don't want to talk to those godly friends because they're going to they tell me to go re-reconcile. So it's like, you know what? Go to these other friends. And they're like, you know what? And then what? And, you, and then what happens is you begin to linger in that sin. Linger in it. And then all of a sudden you find yourself saying, I can't. Talk to them. And I'm not just talking about friends. I'm talking about a marriage, right? Where you just, I just can't, I can't, I can't talk to them. And it says, don't give the devil an opportunity. The older versions of this rendering is don't give the devil a foothold. Satan takes advantage of where you are living in the flesh, and he piggybacks on it. And the demonic realm looks for openings for where you are living in consistent patterns of sin. And he then wants the, those consistent patterns to become identifiers of your character. Think about that where 
I want to walk towards somebody, but now there's a foothold, and I can't, I can't move towards the things that I'm supposed to be doing. I, can't, I just can't. I don't know why. I just, I just can't talk to them anymore. I can't go here anymore because Satan's got a foothold. You can't move in what God wants you to move in because Satan has a foothold. And what this leads to is a stronghold. Well, now he's on your back, and now it's weighty. And now I just, you know, I, now you begin to talk about these people, and the, the anger is becoming gossip and malice, and now there's hate in your heart. But understand this, that we are cooperating with the evil realm. <laughs> One comedian said, the devil made me do it. His name was Flip Wilson. But the devil doesn't make you do anything. The devil cooperates with your sin. So that's why it says it's an opportunity. You see strongholds, when you get that imagery of a stronghold, you see Satan on your back. You're like, I can't do it because Satan's on me. It's a stronghold. It's really more like a strong hug. You know what I'm saying? Because you and Satan are like, oh yeah, we're just going to walk in this. Yeah, me, we just going to we're just going to keep sinning and doing this because sin, we wouldn't sin if we didn't enjoy it. And God has given you power and authority to break the strongholds in your life. Lastly, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, we saw, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So what the Bible is telling us is that Satan has schemes, amen? But he has called you to stand. And when the Bible says you can stand, the Bible is saying that God has made claim of a position of power and authority for you to walk in, but you've got to stand in that power and stand in that authority. And if you don't stand in it, you will not experience his power. The Bible says we're seated at the right hand of the Father. We have a positional righteousness that he's given. He's made claim over that. But this is the point. God has made claim for us to have power and authority, and Satan gives us a counterclaim where he wants us to live out a different life. One day I was on my seminary campus, and I had an umbrella, and it was just drizzling. And I remember this was a little guy. He was walking. And I said, hey, man, it's raining. You want to come on an umbrella? He looked at me like, dude, I ain't going under your umbrella. Ain't your girl? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, okay, I mean, it's cool. So I walked towards my car. And then this, all of a sudden you hear, boom. And then... A flood like Noah came down, boy. It was just raining and raining. And I remember he was way over there. And I just waited for him under the rain. I said, come on back. And as long as he could be under my covering, 
he would be all right. But he had to come back under my protection. And some of you, the reason why the devil is destroying your life, eating your life up, is because you've walked away from the authoritative covering of God over your life. And God, these are his weapons. These aren't our weapons. These are his weapons. And he wants to cover you and protect you. And tonight, we have people in the back that want to pray for you and pray over you. But you have got to decide. You've got to make a decision tonight. You've got to make a decision that I will not grow comfortable with sin no matter how many times I fail. Let me say that one more time. See, that's a combat Christian. Now you're becoming dangerous now. I'm going to advance the work of God no matter how much failure I see. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. Even even if I get rejected, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm going to give glory to God. I want to be obedient in my walk. And Jesus is going to get praise out of me no matter what. And if you become a combat Christian, you might see more opposition, but he'll get more glory. But that's a decision you got to make tonight. I wonder if you'd stand with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask you right now that we would make a decision that we would not live as if we do not know Satan has schemes. We pray tonight that we would lay claim over the authority that we have to walk in the power of God, to walk in the protection of God, to walk with the weapons of God. But tonight, God, porn does not define us. Sexual addiction does not define us. Depression does not define us. Mental, mental, me, mental uh, uh, lack of mental health does not define us, God. We are waging a war in the supernatural and we are going to see it in the natural. We believe you, God, and we believe in the God and we believe that there is a devil and we know that God has victory over the devil and we know that we are called to walk in victory, God. You are leading us to triumph tonight, God. We will not walk in defeat. We will not walk in defeat, but we will walk in victory. God, let us live with a sensitivity of knowing that the minute I decide to fight, Satan will want to fight back. Keep us aware of this, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If we could have the communion come. We're gonna talk about this later. Some of you tonight, the Holy Spirit convicted you in certain areas. But here's where I wanna encourage you. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. The other day I saw a t-shirt that said, not today, Satan. You ever seen those? Like, t-shirt of that phrase, not today, Satan, right? And right now, you know, there's a lot of momentum. We in the church and you're like, "Mm, not today, Satan, right? But you've got to understand that you're in a fight. And if you've ever actually been in a fight with somebody who really doesn't like you, when you say not today, Satan, Satan may even say, okay, but he says, I'll be back tomorrow. He looks for an opportune time. So you have to live not just like you have an enemy that wants to fight when you want to fight, but you have an enemy 
that wants you to live defeated every day. And you'll have wartime prayers. Jesus tonight wants to invite you into a deeper relationship. We have people in the back that want to pray for you. And then some of you tonight, as you heard what we were saying, you were saying, I am not equipped, not just with not having weapons, but I need more of Jesus. And so tonight we ask that you go to the back and begin a relationship with Jesus Christ who died for you and he shed his blood so that you could have that position of authority. Tonight, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we pray over this communion time. We ask that we would be reminded of your body and your blood that was shed for us. We ask that we would go to the back and be prayed over. Prayer is a experience of humility. It is honoring you and saying, I need more of you in my life. And so we ask that people would go to the back and be prayed over, be prayed for, and begin a walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You will take the communion in your own time. You'll come down these aisles and go out the aisle. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at bridgechurchnyc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com. If you're in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 98 Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, right next to the Barclay Center. We are praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.